You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour one on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. You can be involved in a variety of ways. Dial us up, email, tweet, all the above. Also, go to danpatrick.com. We do have some merchandise left over from the holidays. I did have them print a few more calendars, and we did sign a few more of those as well. Got some great clothing options there. We got the uh, Aaron Rodgers T-shirt that is a hot item right now, just in time for the playoffs. If you order it, go to danpatrick.com. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow, the popular Dan Levitard a little later on. Dan Orlovsky will join us as well. And uh, Albert Breer for the Monday Morning Quarterback with all the coaching changes, including one we had yesterday. The Giants are a proud franchise, but they've missed the playoffs in nine of the last ten seasons. Yesterday, they parted ways with Joe Judge. And I wondered about this yesterday, that he survived Black Monday. Well, this is the thing that happened, I think. The Giants started to put out feelers of who would like to be the general manager. Well, if you're a general manager going into that city with that fan base, and you already have your coach picked for you, no thanks. And I think what the Giants had to take a second look at is, we got to make this job attractive. And if we're going to make it attractive, then we have to let a GM pick his own coach. Joe Judge, to me, wasn't ready for this moment. You know, this is another one of those Belichick coaching trees. And it doesn't work out. And part of this job, this is why it's so difficult when you're trying to bring in somebody. How do you handle the media? It's one of those things where, hey, football-wise, I'm okay. He's a positions coach. He's a special teams coach. He's not dealing with the media. And then we saw how he dealt with the media. He was a disaster. And then he gave that 11-minute rant the other day, and I went, no, stop. He's watched too many damn movies. This is how a football coach is supposed to act. He might be a successful coach one day. But you got to be able to be, you're representing the organization. You got to go in there and be chill. You know, you can be Dan Campbell, but that's how Dan Campbell played. Like, nobody knows Joe Judge. Hey, he was there with Belichick. Great. I mean, this is like if anybody came in contact with Sean McVay, you hired them. Anybody who's worked with Bill Belichick, you hire them. Well, they're good with Belichick. But they haven't been good normally on their own. And Joe Judge, to me, wasn't ready for that market. you got to be ready to go, handle the media, not freak out, not act like you're coaching Pop Warner. Hey, this is old school. Old school, not working. Didn't work. And I thought that the Giants probably brought in some of these candidates, from what I'm told. And some of the candidates said, look, we would want to pick our own head coach. Why would I want to come in and all of a sudden go, all right, I guess I got to take this guy while I also have to find a running back, maybe a quarterback. I got a total rebuild here. Unless you go, hey, Joe Judge, I love what I saw. He went 10 and 23 in his two years. But this could be an attractive opening for the job because now you're hiring a new GM. It's a major market. They got multiple first round picks. The roster isn't good. You have a question mark at quarterback, question mark at running back. 
I know you went out, you brought in some wide receivers, but you got a clean slate here, and ownership is going to have to be patient. But the Giants not making the playoffs, it's hard to not make the playoffs in nine of the last ten years. It truly is. But the Giants, maybe they make a wise decision here. Maybe they get a sharp GM. Because it used to be the Giants didn't make mistakes. They hired the right guy. But they have been on a really bad roll. And it's not one of those where they go, yep, they missed on that one. This is, this is habit forming. They've made some really, really bad mistakes. And Dave Gettleman wasn't sold on him as a GM. Now they ask him to retire. And now you bring in a new GM. Man, they miss Eli Manning, I'm going to guess. But, yeah, you start to look at this organization. I mean, there are a couple organizations. The Steelers, Giants, Packers. Like the old school that they got it right. I mean, look at what the Steelers do. They hire a coach and they let him coach. They do a good job in drafting. Now, there's certain organizations that they just do it right. And the Giants used to be one of those organizations. But Joe Judge is out. And this was a day after everybody else got fired. And I don't know if they were weighing in, gauging the uh, reaction. Now, you can't. The Giants organization could not be surprised at the reaction that you didn't fire Joe Judge. You can't go, oh, my God, they're surprised we didn't fire him. If that's the case, then you deserve to be a laughingstock right now. Certain organizations, they make mistakes, but they don't have good ownership or front office. The Giants shouldn't be making these kind of mistakes. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. People thought I was crazy. I said, I'd rather have the Jets' future than the Giants. And then you go, yeah, probably so. I feel a little better about that. Not a lot, but a little better. It's like the Giants feel like the Jets. The old Jets. And that's part of the problem here. You don't want to be compared to the Jets. But uh, I feel like the Jets have a little bit more of a... uh, The future is not brighter. It's just not as dim. Because right now, the Giants and that opening... We'll talk to Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback. How attractive is this job? And really, it comes down to this. Ownership and who's my quarterback? Like, do I have cap room? Do I... What's my draft capital? But... I need to know who my quarterback is. First and foremost, that's what I would want to know. Now, you also have to factor in the market, the ownership. Uh, Then you throw in everything else of how long would it take for the rebuild? How much patience? We're only giving coaches two years now. Some of the great coaches in history would not have been some of the great coaches in history if we only gave them two years. Mike Krzyzewski would not be the greatest college basketball coach of all time. John Wooden wouldn't be the greatest or one of the greatest coaches of all time. Like, you got to have patience if you believe that person's the right person. I just want to know, when did the Giants organization go, hmm, now we have to make a change? Like, it, was it the, uh, the third and nine inside your 10-yard line where you lined up in a victory drill? Was it maybe the 11-minute rant he had in a press conference? Maybe it was just winning 10. I mean, they were horrible. In the, la- in the second half of the season, I think they averaged less than 10 points per game. 
And that used to be, what well, probably still is, the toughest ticket in New York. But I'm watching that game, this, this game this past weekend, and there was nobody there. I don't know what their future is with uh, Saquon Barkley. I would not give him another contract. Daniel Jones, have I seen enough? I've seen enough both ways. That's part of the problem. I can see that there's potential there, but I can also see, man, can he be nondescript? He can be pedestrian. I'm not going to pay him. And it's the haves and the have-nots. The haves are getting a whole lot of money. The have-nots, we got to let you go. It's the Mitchell Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston. That's, That's what it's come down to now with these quarterbacks. Because... These agents, who I'm sure are brighter than me, never thought about going, how about we just uh, do a deal for $30 million a year? We don't have to go for forty-five. We want to help the team. And you could probably secure a long-term contract that way. Nope. Next guy up, $45 million. See ya! Maybe something in between might work for some of these quarterbacks. Like Baker Mayfield. He could use one of these. Daniel Jones could use one of these if he's willing to sign it. But I would not be paying an inordinate amount of money for either of those quarterbacks, a lot of these quarterbacks. All right, uh, Todd has the poll question responsibilities today. I failed epically yesterday, but I'm back. Okay. Are we okay today? You I, seem like you're in a lot better mood I than am. you were yesterday where you said that uh, you were moping and that I piled on and I hurt your feelings. I moped early on, maybe through the first hour, early second hour, and then I think I rallied. Mm. I'm not saying I did anything great the rest of the show yesterday, but I rallied to a certain extent. I think you were a mopey dick yesterday. The whole show? And, la- <laughs> and last, yes. Really? Yes. I, I thought by the middle of the second hour. I hold on a second. Mopey dick. I just want to give you credit on that one. Yes. Mopey dick. That's you. Another T-shirt. Here we go. Yeah, I guess I'm Ahab. Firing off the email right now. Yep, here we go. <laughs> Mopey dick right there. Todd's face. You have poll questions? We do. How was last? How was yesterday when you got home? I was actually okay. okay. I was a little quiet, and my wife asked me what was wrong, and I said, everything's fine, and uh, I didn't get into any details because I was in a little cranky mood, and then I was okay. Okay. I did send you a text last night. You did? Yeah. So somebody about that I should stop moping, and then there was like a picture of like a crying emoji or something. Uh, uh, uh. I'm sure that helps. No, but then I said it's just content. You did, you did add that. It's just content. That that I I, I I felt bad if you thought I piled on yesterday, but I gave you the responsibility to come up with poll questions, right? Yes. So there's no I, surprise. I am embracing there. it, even though I dropped the ball yesterday. Okay. Yes. You. Don't try to pull it. I felt bad that you felt bad kind of card. You didn't feel bad that Todd felt bad. Well, I did when when he at the very end of the show and I said, you all right? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. He goes, you, you hurt my feelings. And I go, he actually said that phrase. Yes. I think it was like 15 seconds before I was going to do the scoreboard. And yes. You were standing next to me and you're making some small talk about what the numbers might be trying to guess. And I'm like, I'm a little mad at you right now. I'm a little upset with you. I think I said, yeah, he said, uh, you hurt my feelings. And I go, I'm sorry. So I, I was sincerely, genuinely sorry. And then three seconds later, all of a sudden, Chris from Chapel Hill, congratulations on the scoreboard. I went right into yeah. the scoreboard. No, no. Seconds before, that's what you don't see sometimes behind the scenes. Well, you're an incredible professional. I just went right from telling you how upset I was to, bang, let's do the scoreboard. Okay, do you got a I do. Let's poll do question? And this is what, if you want to lean on the audience, 
and ask them that, or lean on anybody. I've always Here's said, the problem. I like when they contribute limericks okay. and no, mock headlines no. and things like that. You know how this works. When I said I can get Adam Sandler and David Spade to write you some comedy uh, so you can do your stand-up, you go, no, I'd rather just do it on my own. But it's not because I think that they would be a million times better than me. Uh, to me, it felt like, and I think Seton backed me up a little, it feels like cheating a little bit, like you're just kind of delivering other people's jokes instead of you being the originator of the material. Yeah. You know, it just it seems like, come oh, up with the, your own stuff. I don't know. The, I know even the best in the business have a team of writers that yes, sit all day and night. Yes. Yes. Nah, that would have been weak. To have Sandler write it? Yeah. No. Yeah, no. Todd getting up there and doing it himself is is what was the fun part of it. If you truly care about Todd, then you wouldn't let him do <laughs> no, that. I'm, pu- I'm putting Todd in the position to succeed and feel good in himself, not feel like he took a shortcut. He didn't. Todd. I would feel like that. I'd walk up the stage. They laughed at David Spade's jokes. Well, yeah, David I Spade said, is really funny. I or, said it into the microphone, oh which Sandman God. came up with. It, do you realize how many writers work for comedians? You don't realize until you watch the end of a special, yes. and then all of a sudden all these credits of writers come down. Like 50 people are sitting there coming uh, up with these ideas. Unbelievable. Yeah, Paul. But walking off the stage with the first words are, they laughed, period, would be refreshing. Yeah, and different. Who cares why? That yes. is true. With Caroline's, that was if a long I, walk off the stage. Right? If I could have had Sandler and Spade write some jokes for you, would you have done that in retrospect with what you did at Caroline's and how that made you feel, or would you have done it your way? Strangely enough, I probably would have stuck to my guns <laughs> selfishly or okay. just being stubborn that I would want to write my own stuff at the risk of bombing, which I kind of did. Okay, poll question. But it would be awesome to say that, wow, I delivered Adam Sandler jokes. Okay, here we go. If your favorite NFL team hasn't fired their coach yet, should they? Yes or no? That was one thought, but mm-hmm. I have a few more. Okay. You weren't excited about that one. How would you describe your current job status? Going off the board a little bit. Top recruit, considering transfer portal, Black Monday on Horizon, time to retire. But that was kind of a fun one. And then we have one more, which is a Paulie special. The best QB situation for a head coachless team. Bears, Broncos, Dolphins, Giants, Jags, Raiders, now Vikings. I mean, now uh, Giants. Okay. Jags, Raiders, Vikings, now Giants. Okay. I like that one. Yeah, I figured that. <laughs> I figured you were. Todd was up all night writing the first two, just so you know. I had this feeling if I said, here's a Paulie special. If your favorite NFL team hasn't fired their coach yet, should they? Yes or no? That's kind of, yeah, that's interesting. Should there be other coaches fired? But now that you know where they came from, you're a little biased. No, that's, that's no, okay. no, that's not a bi- I don't always take Paulie's poll questions. I do, though. I, I could write 15 of them, then Paulie sends one. I'm like, that is actually better than okay, the 15 okay, that I wrote. Okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. I understand. How about we put it to the test? Tomorrow... Just come up with poll questions and don't tell me which one's Paulie's, okay? I kind of like that. How would you describe your current job oh, But that could be done any no, day. No, I don't that could be care a fun about Friday that. Thing. No, it's not. Why do you not care about I don't care about it. so dismissive. That's why my feelings get hurt. All right. I don't apologize for yesterday. You don't have to. You're the boss. You don't have to apologize for anything. What, Paul? I just started missing McLovin. I mean, just right now. <laughs> I was good the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go with the best QB situation for a head coachless team, and we're going to list all seven. Let's take a break. We'll talk to Albert Breer about why the Giants fired Joe Judge and who are some of the possible candidates here. Uh, what is the best situation for a head coach coming into a organization? We'll take a break. We're back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Make sure you sign up. Paulie's friends signed up yesterday. 
And I didn't know you had this many friends. I don't. I didn't either. I posted on Facebook the Mercedes deal, yeah. and they're like, "I want to win this thing. I'm going to sign up." The Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van we've been talking about. It's uh, the official title: Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Mode Four by Four by Storyteller Overland. That's the model. You can go to danpatrick.com. Uh, it's the DP Show Ultimate Camping Rig Sweepstakes. It's awesome looking, and uh, you can go to danpatrick.com. You can enter, you'll get the official rules and a chance to win the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. And it's already going to be broken in because Seton and the French kid are driving cross-country for the Super Bowl and taking the Sprinter van with them. You can also go to foxsportsradio.com, but you have to do it by February 2nd. Go to danpatrick.com and make sure that uh, you enter. You'll get the uh, official rules there. Some equipment described as optional they, you're talking Mercedes-Benz, so you know that they have a five-star sales service. They got everything for you. Uh, no better people to work with. We've loved the relationship. DanPatrick.com, Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Join the Tunnel to Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. We'll come up with a poll question. I believe we have the poll question that was supplied by Pauly. Uh, Fritzy's job is to uh, give us an update on the results of that, uh, Todd. Once again, would you uh, recite the poll question? The best QB situation for a head coachless team. And they include these seven, Bears, Broncos, Dolphins, Giants, Jaguars, Raiders, Vikings. Let's bring in Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist for the Monday morning quarterback. The best job opening based off the quarterback position. Albert, where would you start? It's easy. I I, want to see if your answer is the same as mine. Are you going to say Jacksonville? Yeah. Okay. Like if just the quarterback situation. Now that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Like the quarterback situation in a vacuum without considering ownership, GM, anything else. Yeah. Like just the quarterback himself. Yeah. You've got, I think a guy who's still a generational prospect. Now there are people in the NFL that don't think as highly of him as they did a year ago. And there's some stuff that's shown up. I think, you know, when you look at where Trevor is after a year, does he process as fast? Does he see it as fast as you thought he might have coming out of Clemson? Um, but the talent is still undeniable. And you've got three years left on his rookie contract, which means you're going to be playing from ahead for the next three years. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty easy number one. The Jaguars are the one. All right. Who's number two? So I got the list in front of me. Um, I mean, maybe Chicago. Uh, like uh, it depends on what you think of Justin Fields. There's less of a consensus on Justin Fields than there was on Trevor Lawrence. So, Maybe Chicago. See, it depends. It's like, do you really like Justin Fields or do you want to have like a chance to go and make a, take a big swing, you know? Cause I would argue like you look at the Broncos and like just the fact that you've got like this, like open canvas on which to create your own quarterback situation. And like, you've got the opportunity, I think over the next you know, year or two where they've got a lot of capital, they've got cap space, they've got young talent on the roster. And I know like, you know, you look at it and say, okay, well, Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke aren't who you're going to build around. But, you know, I look at like 
the opportunity to maybe do what they did in 2012 and take a gigantic swing on a quarterback as a real plus, you know, and, and I, and I think you can make the argument too, Dan, they have a lot of the same things going for them that they had in 12. Like when they had the young receivers in 12 and Decker and Demarius Thomas, right now they got Jerry Judy, KJ Cam, uh, KJ Hamler, um, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Um, they've got a good young tight end and Noah Fant. You know, they've got some good young pieces on the offensive line. They've got Javante Williams in the backfield. They've got pieces on defense and Patrick Sertan and, and Bradley Chubb. The same way you looked at it in 12 where, you know, it was, you know, again, the receivers. It was guys like Julius Thomas. It was on defense, Vaughn Miller and Chris Harris. You know, I, I think there's an attractive situation there for a veteran quarterback. So, you know, I – I think if you like look at the current quarterback situation, the Broncos would be towards the bottom of the list. But if you're looking at what you can maybe make it into, I think they're way further up the list. Yeah, I think that's a sneaky team, but you're also playing in the AFC West as well. Right. Uh, why did the Giants wait an extra day to fire Joe Judge? I think it was as much as anything else, um, seeing where the meetings took them. And, you know, like I, I do think ownerships become a little reactionary there. They're in a very, like, I would say unfamiliar spot. They're used to be seeing as like the Steelers are, you know, like where they're this, you know, this flagship organization that doesn't operate in a herky jerky way that doesn't make rash decisions. And I think for them, it took them some time to wrap their arms around the idea of firing, you know, a third straight coach after two years. Now consider this, Dan, in the 85 years before 2016, when they hired Ben McAdoo, that had only happened once. They'd only fired a coach after two years once. They've now done it three times in six years. So I think they want, they, they, they had to wrap their arms around the idea of doing that, you know, and then I do think that there is some like taking the temperature of the room there and maybe even taking the temperature of, you know, the outside and, and, and what it was, and 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 how people on the outside were digesting all of it, and um, yeah, I think you know as as recently as Friday or Saturday, I think John Mayer's plan was to hold on to Joe Judge as his coach, um, and I just think the more he took the temperature of the room, the more he watched what happened on Sunday, the more he felt like to create what was an attractive situation for the next general manager. Um, and get the best guy to be his next general manager. He had to do what he wound up doing last night. Yeah, I was told yesterday that the you know one of the reasons why they probably waited a day is they took the temperature on candidates for the GM job, mm-hmm. and you don't want to go into that job in that market and try to clean right. up that mess, and then you get leftovers as a head coach who may not be ready for that position. Well, perfect example, Dan, is like what happened in Denver, right? Like, I don't think Vic Fangio did a bad job this year. Yeah. I'm like, no, he, he was, they were fine. They were since went seven and 10. Um, you know, if you, you look at the way, now the offense wasn't great, but the defense was really good. You know, you saw the development of some young players there. Patrick Sertan, um, you know, like I said, you know, contender for defensive rookie of the year. Um, but, you know, the minute you hire George Payton, you think, okay, like we're eventually going to bring in George Payton's coach. Yeah. Um, same thing, you know, you look at like Tennessee. Um, they hang, they hung on to Mike Malarkey for those two years. And they wound up having to fire him after a winning season because John Robinson made the decision, eventually I've got to find my own guy. And it really worked out for them. They went and got, they went and got Mike Vrabel. And so I think when you like hire a new GM, there's always that idea if you're hanging on to a coach, that coach is sort of walking the green mile. Um, you know, and I just think it makes for a cleaner process if you're giving the GM an opportunity to pick his coach and in a competitive market where they're going to be competing for candidates with Chicago, with Minnesota, 
you know, having the opportunity to hire the coach the way the Bears and Vikings are going to offer that, I think helps you out too. We're talking Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist for the Monday Morning Quarterback. Has anybody talked to Boomer Esiason on how he got to the moment where he is reading a text, not maybe sure who the text is, that Aaron Rodgers is going to boycott the Super Bowl if the Packers make it to the Super Bowl? I have no idea where that came from. I mean, I, I, w- I would say, um, you know, I like Aaron's like one of those guys who likes to watch the world burn. You know what I mean? Like, and I actually think for a good portion of, you know, the off season from like January to July, I, I think he probably kicked back and spent a lot of that time in Hawaii and watches, watched everybody obsess over him and watch the people, you know, in green Bay, like squirm, like people that, you know, I, I think, you know, he had obviously had issues with whether it's Brian Gutekunst or Mark Murphy watched them, you know, in, in uncomfortable positions and kind of like relished in that. And so like I, the only explanation I can come up with is, Maybe he made the offhanded comment to somebody when he was pissed off, didn't really mean it. And then, I mean, you know how these guys, these things work sometimes, you know, Dan, it can turn into a game of telephone, you know, where it goes from one person to the next to the next. And all of a sudden now, what might've been a joke to begin with becomes the truth. Yeah, it was kind of crazy, but it it just feels like Aaron Rodgers. crazy idea. I mean, like for how long the guy has been, I think about like 11 years, like, like, like how close they've gotten to getting back to the Super Bowl. You remember the crazy game in Seattle um, when it yeah. looked like they were going yeah. and like how close he's gotten the last few years last year, you know, like, should he have run it in? Did he do the right thing? Like that fourth down decision, <laughs> like all these different things, like he's been knocking on the door so long. And I, the idea that he would get there and be like, screw it. I'm like, F you NFL. I'm going, I'm, I'm not playing. I, it's just, I don't know. I don't believe any of that. There's there's no shred of truth in that. Now, do I think like do I think like he thinks it's funny that like, you know, that 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 for, you know, 24 hours, you know, that got like that got traction. I think he probably does think that's funny, like even though he gets like mad about it, like I do think he probably got a kick out of that. It's weird. It feels like he's an underdog and he's probably going to win the MVP. And it feels yeah. like Brady feels like an underdog because he's not going to win the MVP. And you know how great players use any kind of motivation. Yeah, it's Rogers has his motivation, even though he's going to be decorated. Here's Brady saying, "I had maybe the best year of my career, or one of the best, and I'm 44 years of age, and we didn't get." I think if they got the number one seed, that Brady mm-hmm. wins the MVP. I think it. I, I know the shutout against the Saints hurt him. Greatly, yeah. but it f- almost felt like whoever was going to get home field advantage between those two was going to win the MVP. I think that's fair. And like, I, I think like you look at Brady and, and the impact he's made on Tampa, like he's sort of become the program there, you know? And like, I think if you went to their training camp the last two years, you could really see it. Like there are so many tenants of who Brady is, of what Brady is. Um, that have sort of become what the Bucks are. And you look at the intensity of their practice. And I remember talking to Bruce Arians and Jason Light about this in the summer. So like Tom like created like this atmosphere, this tension on offense that everything needs to be a certain way. And then that winds up carrying over to the defense because they're practicing that way. You know, and then Jason Pierre Paul on the defensive side sort of picked up the baton and says, We're gonna hold ourselves to this standard too. It's just 
it, like, and I think he was a huge part of that in New England too, to be honest with you, like, like why they were that way in New England. And you even see some of the details have slipped the last couple of years in New England, like Brady creates that. And so like his value to that franchise goes well beyond like just the numbers he's put up or where they, they, they are in the standings. And I think that's what BA was getting at when he said that the other day. Um, and even like the ability to bring like guys like Brashard Perriman and Cyril uh, Grayson up and get them in position to produce. Like that's something we saw a lot of years in new England, right? Like the new England was always able to do that. And so I think Brady's value again, like what BA was getting at goes well beyond. Um, and then I think with Rogers, there's a great case, you know, no Zadarius Smith for most of the year, no Jair Alexander. He still hasn't played a game with his left tackle, David Bakhtiari. Um, Aaron Jones was out for a time. Like they have maintained their level going through a boatload of injuries. So both guys have a great, great case. I mean, I think it's those two and Joe Burrow for the MVP. That's the way I see it. Raiders still going to hire a coach, even though they made the playoffs. So like I, I they have a, I, I can tell you like having talked to Mark Davis about this a couple of times, like he really wanted to give, um, give Rich Passaccia a fair shot. And, um, they like, if you go back like October, November, December, the idea was we want to give this guy a good run at, 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 at being able to create like what he sees as his team. And I remember Mark Davis saying this to me, like I asked where he stood. He's like, he's like, Rich is the head coach of the Raiders, you know, saying that in a declarative way. Um, and you look like they're, they're seven and five under him. Um, you know, he got them turned around. They won a game right after the John Gruden email fiasco and his first game as the interim coach. They survived a one and five stretch in the middle of the season. They survived, um, you know, obviously the, the Henry Ruggs thing has greater implications than football, but that was tough on the locker room, you know, too. And they survived that. And so, you know, I think you have every reason to look at Rich Pisacci and say, this guy deserves a chance to, 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 to have the job full time. And if you want to hang on to Mike Mayock, Mayock thinks the world of him. The locker room thinks the world of him. The one thing that I think, the one caveat here is sort of the business side to this, right? And building something in Vegas. And they had a lot of turnover on their business side in the summer, Dan. Um, you know, their longtime president, Mark Bedane, wound up out. Um, and they're still reworking what the business side lo like looks like. I still, I, I think there was this feel in the organization that they were going to take a big swing. And whether it was going and landing Jim Harbaugh, or trying to work out some sort of coach trade. This is something I, you know, wrote a couple of months ago that like, would they make a swing for like a Mike Tomlin? Um, I, I think that business aspect to it and, and being able to kind of be a player on the scene in Vegas was part of the thinking before the question is whether or not what Rich Pisaccia has been able to do over the last three months is enough to supersede what, you know, I think was the desire to kind of make a splash on the scene in Vegas. Okay, but explain this to me. If you're trading for Mike Tomlin, I mm -hmm. hate I hate putting Mike Tomlin's name out there because we yeah, have because the, I, like you don't know if he wants exactly. To go, but, yeah, yeah. but but when you trade a coach, it's not like you trade a player and a player may go, I don't want to go. Like Mike Tomlin's the head coach of the Steelers. Could you yep. could you trade him if he didn't want to go, no, you can't. No, okay, no, and but no, but I mean, like, and, and I, you know, these things are always difficult, and they have to sort of be put in place ahead of time, and um, and we haven't seen one in a long time. I think the last one was Gruden, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I was it Gruden so. from the Raiders to the Bucks, yeah. and obviously we saw it happen with Parcells and Belichick. Um, but yeah, this is something that like I had sort of been tracking for the last two or three months. 
Um, and it had come up with Sean Payton potentially with the Bears. And like you said, like I, I, Sean Payton doesn't want to go to the Bears. So like I don't think that that like that that's the reason that one didn't get real traction. Um, but like you think about the idea of it, right? Like and it sort of matches up what happened with what happened in college. Like USC didn't go and hire like Nevada's head coach or Washington State's head coach. They stole another Blue Bloods head coach. They stole Oklahoma's head coach. Same thing with LSU. LSU didn't go and hire Billy Napier from Louisiana. They took Notre Dame's head coach. And so, like, this idea has sort of gained traction in NFL circles over the last couple of months, especially with the pipeline Mm. on the coaching side a little dry. And so, like, I do know that it's something a couple teams at least have explored. And, yeah, I mean, it would be complicated and difficult but, you know, I do know like the, what teams were looking at was like, OK, has Sean Payton reached his natural conclusion in New Orleans? Has Mike Tomlin reached his natural conclusion in Pittsburgh? That doesn't mean Tomlin w- wants to leave Pittsburgh. It doesn't mean Payton wants to leave New Orleans. It's that teams are sort of trying to think outside the box and getting themselves to a place where it's like, could we do something that hasn't been done in a long time, but was relatively routine in the late 90s and early aughts? You have Peyton Manning's group and you have John Elway's group vying for, you know, ownership of the Denver Broncos. How does how does this how does the NFL do this with the bids uh, approving the sale of does it go Mm -hmm. to Elway's group or Peyton Manning's group? It's like I I would say this, um, you know, like looking at the way that these things have been handled um, in my time covering the league, at least a big piece of this becomes like who the owners want in their club. And, you know, generally when you look at these big decisions that are made and it's great to have a guy like Peyton Manning on board or John Elway on board, but what the league really wants is like a billionaire who can invest back into the league. And that's what David Tepper was. David Tepper has endless resources and there were other bidders. David Tepper wasn't, I I don't believe he was the high bidder on the Panthers. Um, but like the league saw it as we want to have this guy in our club. This guy's going to be able to invest back and he's going to be a great resource in the room when we're talking about like big picture league matters. Um, you know, you look at the way the LA process went, Stan Kroenke, like did the Rams have the best case for leaving their city? No, the Raiders and Chargers both had better cases for leaving their city, but who was going to be able to build something spectacular in Los Angeles? Who was going to be able to invest the most? It was Stan Kroenke. And so like, you know, I, I, I know what you're saying, Dan, like, and we're all going to kind of latch on to, you know, Elway's involved with these guys, Manning's involved with those guys. I think more than more, more likely than anything else is that the the NFL is going to be focused on whichever billionaire is funding the whole thing. (laughs) And, uh, you know, like, it's like, who has the deepest pockets? But I would want to keep Manning on ESPN. Like, like I I think it's better for the league that (laughs) that he's a a broadcaster analyst. I I know that he has a bigger picture here and wants to to be an owner. But as you're saying, it's not about who you are, the name recognition. It's, what what what's the value you bring to this process with the other owners here? Right. And mm-hmm. I mean, Manning is interesting because I think Manning does want to be involved on the football side where Elway, that ship has already sort of sailed. Like he was, you know, willing and ready to hand the baton off to George Payton in Denver. Uh, Manning's interesting just because I know like when he went to Denver, one of the perks for him was, 
like the idea of getting to see John Elway do it. And, you know, he's always been really interested in like the transactions of the NFL and the way a team is built. And so, you know, I, I'm with you. Like, I think like the league would probably look at it and say like, there's value in Manning in different areas. Um, and I don't think we've seen like the full breadth of what, you know, Manning's like second act in the NFL is going to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, but certainly, yeah, like you see, like he could be a really good broadcaster. There's no question about that. Or like he could wind up being a John Elway style team builder. I think both those things are in play for him. Always great to talk to you, Albert. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks, Dan. That's Albert Breer. You can become smarter. You can read the Monday Morning Quarterback. He's the senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist. Take a break. Got our play of the day coming up next. Your phone calls as well. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my God. The play, the play, play of the day. This is the play of the day. Check this out. 3.6 left. Hart sideline left. Pump fake. Bounce feed to Jonas. Up top, B.I. Straight away three. Good. Bucket. Good. Bucket. Good. Rumble, young man. Three tenths of a second left. Inbound Beverly. Half court shot. No good. Ball game. Not all heroes wear capes, my friend. Some of them wear number 14. That's courtesy of the Pelicans Radio Network, WRNO. Brandon Ingram, three three pointers. One of them part of a four point play in the final 113 of the game, finished with 33 points. That is your play of the day. Play of the day is brought to you by M Drive Boost and Burn, the supplement for driven guys. And uh, you get energy, you uh, shed some pounds, visit mdrivedan.com. Free shipping, 60-day guarantee. Don't let age beat you. Get M-Drive. The Grizzlies have won 10 in a row. Grizzlies beat Golden State last night. Now, keep in mind who they've defeated during this 10-game winning streak. The Phoenix Suns, the Brooklyn Nets, the Golden State Warriors, the L.A. Lakers twice. They also beat the Clippers and the Cavaliers. They're for real. They have a good team. John Moran is a star. He's becoming a top five player, and he has one speed. He's like a younger Russell Westbrook. He just goes. He attacks. This is what they do. They rebound. Very, very good. Now, that's not sexy. Hey, watch watch the Grizzlies. They rebound, but that's what they do. They do some of the small things there, and John Morant and Golden State uh, met last night with John Morant winning in that matchup against uh, Steph Curry and company. There was also a quote, this uh, interview with Steph Curry in GQ magazine. He was talking about his Golden State Warriors of 2016-2017 and Michael Jordan's Bulls of 1996. And he said, yeah, absolutely, my team would win. Well, people are surprised at this or like, what? If he said, no, we couldn't beat them, now it's a story. 
Of course, is Steph is Steph's going to bet on himself. But people running with this, unless we're short on content this week, I was I was surprised. Now, do I think Golden State could beat the Bulls? Sure, I do. I would never bet against Michael Jordan, but if I look at the rosters here, um, you got Steph and Clay and Draymond, and you got KD. Uh, let's see who else do you have? Anybody of uh, significance? Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, uh, Javale McGee, Anderson uh, Vergel. All right, so it's a, it's it's a top heavy team. The Bulls back then had uh, Mike and Scotty. Steve Kerr, Tony Kukoc. They also had Dennis Rodman, John Sally, Bill Wennington. Um, you know, we, you get into these discussions, these arguments, and, you know, in my day, um, I think that uh, Ron Harper was also on the Bulls. And the reason why I say that, he was a very good perimeter defender because that's what you have to have. What kind of defense do you have on the perimeter? And who is going to be able to guard Michael? And do you have a rim protector? But, you know, you start to get into these who would win. You know, Steve Kerr would be the guy that I would want to know. I would, I would want to know what he would think because he, he played on that team and he, he's coaching Golden State. He would, he would be the guy that I would go, okay, Steve, who do you think would win? Now, he's not going to pick sides. Now, he might say, I'll take this Golden State team because he still has Steph, Clay, and Draymond. But KD... KD would be a matchup nightmare for the Bulls. Now, you could say, uh, Dennis Rodman, uh, you guard him, or Scotty, you guard him. Nobody guards Durant. Now, do I think the perimeter defense with Scotty and Mike and Ron Harper would create a lot of problems for Clay and Steph? Absolutely. You know, Draymond with Dennis Rodman would be a fun matchup. You also have Tony Kukoc. So I don't think, as much as I look at Steph, Clay, and and uh, Kevin Durant, and go. Well, that's pretty pretty great three. The Bulls were more than that because you did have Rodman, who was still playing at a high level. Scotty, you had Michael, and then you throw in Tony Kukoc as well. And Ron Harper was a great addition on this team. Uh, but you know, it's also the era of what are, are we playing now? Would would that Bulls team, you know? With today's rules, first of all, you can't, you're not allowed to put your hand on Mike or any, you know, that's, that's, first of all, he's going to get 40 at least. Um, if I put that Golden State team back in 1996, well, it's a little different, a little more physical there. Let's just put it this way I think it'd go seven games. Dan Orlovsky from the Mothership will join us. We'll get to phone calls as well. Update the poll results. One hour in the books, two more to go. Seton, Paulie, Fritzy, yours truly, Dan Patrick Show. One more item. We close out hour one. M Drive is ready in the new year. We always have big goals in the new year, and especially when it comes to your health. Hey, I'm going to eat right. I'm going to work out. I'm going to the gym. And then all of a sudden, you're having pizza, and you're saying, eh, maybe I'll go tomorrow. That's why I start out small. Make small changes over time. Changes like M-Drive Boost and Burn, the daily supplement for driven guys that help you shed that holiday weight and give you the energy you need to crush your fitness goals, no matter what your age is. Packed with clinically tested ingredients, and it naturally burns more body fat. M-Drive Boost and Burn, one small change you can 
can make every single morning to get your day off right. MDriveDan.com, you'll get free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, or you can find it at Walgreens Rite Aid and Vitamin Shop. New Year's resolutions don't work. They don't last long, so make a small change today. Try M-Drive Boost and Burn. Lose weight, get more energy, perform at your very best. Don't let age beat you. Visit MDriveDan.com. 